Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1, and I'm honored to have a very special guest right now. He's a former prep All-American, two-time All-State Texas wide receiver, and somebody who I'm pretty sure is banned from the campus of Texas Tech at this point after what he did to them as a wide receiver for the Texas Longhorns from 2010 to 2013, former NFL wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, but at the time the Oakland Raiders, and somebody who was a mentor to brand new Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson, Mike Davis. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Big Texas Longhorns fan, loved watching you play, so it's a real thrill for me to get an opportunity to talk to you and to talk to you about Garrett Wilson. No doubt, man. Let's do it. I'm nice. Uh, I'm glad you guys got me on a, on a podcast. Mike, let's talk about how you guys first met. I had read at one point that you met at a taco shop. Then I read that you met through Instagram. What's the story? Well, it, that's, I mean, that's the, that's within the same story, actually. Mm. Um, so, you know, when I'm, when I moved to Lake Travis, um, you know, it, I don't know who or where it came from. There was a kid in that area that, you know, that was, you know, kind of, you know, going to be the next big deal to come through there. You know, uh, it was kind of promising, you know, and at this time, Garrett didn't have really, he wasn't just, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy big just yet. Just kind of up and coming, you know. It was his freshman summer 
going to sophomore year. And um, so I hit him up on Instagram and kind of told him about me a little bit and uh, that I'm going to be coming to the community and moving there. And uh, let's get together and let's see, uh, can we build this thing up and help you become, you know, kind of how I was coming out of high school, which was a five-star, you know, a receiver, you know, number one in the state and number two in the country, uh, you know, just trying to, get him to that status or whatnot and, you know, hopefully do great things in college and, you know, further. So we was talking and I could tell when he was texting me back, he kind of texted me back a little bit. It was, you know, I can kind of tell by his response that uh, he thought I was, you know, wasn't who I was, you know, pretty much portraying to be, I guess, <laughs> on my, you know, for me messaging him, you know, because I'm not really a big social media, media guy, like a lot of guys. Uh, and, I'm not a heavy poster about my life or what I do or what I did, you know. So, especially at that time, uh, so he got like, who's this? Who's this guy, Mike? You know. So I kind of tell the way he was takes me back on there, and uh, so for some reason, when I actually moved into the community, I seen them, I recognized them uh, at uh, the place called it is a taco. It's called Torchies. Torchy's Tacos out here in uh, BK, which is in Lake Travis. And I seen him there, and I'm like, this is Garrett or whatever. Uh, so I seen him. I don't think he probably – because he never seen me in person. And then I think at the time, I think I just had a football picture or something on my profile, and I really didn't have that many pictures on my Instagram at the time, I don't think. And uh, so I just, I'm like, hey, man, you Garrett? I'm like, yeah, man. How, how you doing? Though? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm Mike Davis. Uh, you know, I was the one Instagramming you, uh, Instagram messaging you. You know, just trying to talk about, you know, probably working with you or something or getting together with you, trying to give you some advice or whatever, you know, how this high school stuff need to go and, you know, set some goals for yourself and, and et cetera. So he's like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, man, let's, let's get together, man. I, you know, I did, did my research and, you know, I seen that you was this, this, this. So I'm like, dang, that's crazy, you know. So ever since that day, you know, we kind of got a bond, uh, started building a bond with each other and I met his dad and, you know, you know, our parents do their research and stuff on people, you know, which is great because you want to know who your son getting involved with. Mm -hmm. And then I guess seeing everything I did in my life or whatever, whatever. And the dad was like, man, I only, I only want him working with you. You know, I only want him with you. And at that time, I wasn't, you know, really training or nothing like that. You know, I just, you know, mentoring and giving guys back the game, advice, whatever I got had to do to make sure the next generation can be, can be on top of things, you know. And, uh, you know, so I was just like, okay, cool, whatever. And, you know, ever since then, we just started building, started working, and the rest was history. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music.
perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Garrett Wilson's mother, Candace, said that he definitely had a good head on his shoulders, but even though he was mature, people still had to realize that he was just a teenager. He needed to be careful about his surroundings, and he needed to be careful about who he hung out with, and he needed to be with people that weren't going to try and take advantage of him. And it sounds like the family believed that you were the person that was ideally suited to be around him to help guide him and to make sure that he was going to stay out of trouble and do the right things. And I know that you've talked about how when you were younger, you didn't quite have the guidance he had not only from his family, but from you, you didn't have a guy like you to come along Mm -hmm. and teach you the ways of how to become a future great receiver and all that. So tell me a little bit about how that relationship built up and how that mentorship evolved. Uh, It was pretty, pretty easy little uh little thing we built and it and it, it wasn't hard to build because for one like i said uh you know the family they very protective you know they was very protective of garrett and i knew that uh and all because i mean he they got other kids that played in college ball as well you know and you know had a um their daughter is a real talent was a real talented athlete as well so you know they really cared about who was in their lives and you know and what they what they did and make sure they was go you know steer their kids in the right direction and that guy was me because, you know, I, I didn't did it all. I didn't did all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, I know what it take to to and that especially at that time, I know what it took to be that five star All American receiver that I was. You know, I know what it take to, you know, just to be, you know, great high school receiver. And then we were about the college stuff. You know, after we we complete this uh, high school, so you know, it was a it was a pretty good transition to it. And uh, you know, the family. They they trusted me and they believed in me, and then also Garrett as well. You know, I kind of took him under my wing, kind of taught him everything I knew, uh, and just stayed on him, man. Even even I, I was never just a, a yes man to him. Like everything he wanted to do, just say yeah to it. Now, you know, if he's doing something wrong, I tell him start over, start over. But the thing about Garrett, he's a very competitive young man, and uh, I mean, he 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 wanted he want he wanted to be the best. And you know, you see today he's number one, ten, number ten pick. So everything that he done did, you know, even from even before that time, he put the work in and did what he had to do to make it to where he at now. But it was sometimes where I had to <laughs> sometimes like Garrett, you know, let's let's get some work in, let's get some work in. Because end of the day, you know, in high school you're still a kid. You know, you still want kids to be kids and have time with their friends, you know, and to still be, you know enjoy life. You know, because I didn't want to make this football thing you know, a job for him, you know, at that time, because if you want, if you, if you just look at it like that, 
you know, it'll kind of get stressful to you. I want it to be fun to you, you know, and we kind of made it fun to where, hey, right, look, Garrett, man, I still want you to be a kid, but look, when it's time to work, we got to put these days and hours in, you know, so we can so we can meet these goals because you know, the whole the whole time, you know, I was I was trying to tell him like, look, you know, I want you to kind I want you to kind of get to that part where I was in high school, or, or even better. I mean, because like I said, I was the number one receiver in Texas. I was number two receiver in the country. I was a five star, a five star All American, you know, and I want him to be that and better. And and better is shoot. I mean, you were just tied with me, number one receiver in the state, and number one receiver in the country in a five star. So we just worked towards that. And he was man, he was always a kid that asked questions. Always worked really hard. And uh I always just did the extra, you know, did the extra work. And we we had, you know, like a lot of guys would probably train for just an hour and they done. Man, we'd be out there two or three hours to where, you know, <laughs> it's like we can go we can go all day because he just loved it so much. And uh, and it was just it was just fun. Being able to, to teach him and you know and see him grow every year, every week, him just learning, him just learning and getting better at, at different things, different ways of running routes, uh, and improving in all those areas as the weeks go by, as the years go by, then come to his senior year. I mean, he's just killing it. It's just it just I mean it's a video game at that point, you know. And now we go to Ohio State and do all these things that he did. He's just like, man, whole work really pays off, you know, especially if you can, you know, take care of your body, drink water, get the proper amount of sleep, stretch. The stuff I didn't do because I didn't have a mentor in high school, really. Uh, and even growing up, I really had nobody like that. But I did have a guy named Emmett Jones that's at Texas Tech right now. It's funny you say something about Texas Tech. Uh, he was my high school coach, and uh, he kind of kind of became a father figure to me. And, you know, and it was one for him. I probably wouldn't be in my shoes that I was in and doing everything I did because of him, though. You know, because he he pushed me. We didn't have words, cussed each other out, everything. But it was tough love, and that's what I needed. And, you know, I ended up doing all the great things in my life. Mike, between you and his parents, it seems like Garrett Wilson built an incredible support system. His mother joked that when he was little, they had to tell him what not to eat because he would try and sneak in his favorite food, a burger and fries. But you were in his ear telling him, no, 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 no. If you want to be the best, you got to eat vegetables and lean proteins before games. And it seems like he really took to your guidance and listened a lot. Tell me about how that relationship developed in terms of him, as you said, work ethic and him trusting you as a mentor, but also how he developed as a wide receiver, because I know that you specifically mentioned how impressed you were with his ability to win 50-50 balls at his size, because you guys are about the same size. Garrett Wilson is about six foot. You were about six foot one, both about 180, 190. So you weren't gigantic, man. We're not talking about guys that are the size of, say, Mike Evans or something like that. But for him to be able to win balls like that was a special skill at his size. So tell me about how that relationship really developed his work ethic and how he became that quality of person and player, and then also how he developed his game as a wide receiver under your tutelage. When it comes to him eating and, you know, doing the right things, the little things, it was uh, it was a thing to where, you know, <laughs> I was a living proof of everything I was telling him, you know, um, what not to do because if I would have did everything I'm telling him, you know, to do, I'll still be playing NFL right now. 
But the fact that I wasn't doing those little things, and I really had nobody in my ear for that, of telling me what to eat, what kind of, you know, drink water, vegetables. Since I didn't have that person, that, that that's what caused me to have a lot of injuries to where my body couldn't really hold up as much as his because he do he do those little things right. He take care of his body way better than I did. So with that being said, I mean he 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 really he really he really took note of that. You know, and that was and I told him that's more that's more important than anything because it's like your body like a car, man. You you put the wrong gas in it, it might it might go for a block or two, but you won't make it as long. You won't you won't make it that long. Cause you got the wrong fuel in it. So he really took really note of that. I mean, he do all he do all those little things right. And uh, I mean, you see him now. He he hardly have any injuries. I'm not gonna wood. Hope he never get injured. But he doing he doing every the little things right. And then when it comes to him just translating everything to the field, it's just the mentality. You know, he he got the mentality of the best the kids so competitive, and the just world will see this. But I mean, and I always tell him like when the ball is in the air. <laughs> It's basketball because he's a really good basketball player too, and and it's a rebound. Go get the rebound, you know. The ball in the air is your ball, you know. Go get it. Um, and and but the the first step is making sure we every time we run our routes, we don't want nobody within three yards from us. We want, we want to create that much separation. So let's let's really grind. That's really that's really sharpen our our toolbox, our knife on these routes to make sure when we get in our breaks, we are. COVID six feet open, you know, and we, we stress that over and over and over. And, uh, but it just starts from the competitive mindset that he have, man. And, you know, dad played in the NBA, you know, dad was a tough guy. I mean, the, the family, it just runs in the family, you know, they, they a very competitive family. And, uh, and even me and him, we even play video games, man. And this dude almost broke my PS5 cause he's so competitive, <laughs> you know? So it just, we, 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 it just, he just very competitive, man. And, you know, when you got that competitive edge to you, you know, and, you know, when you, when you like that, you can be whatever you want to be in life because you got, you, you're driven, you're determined, you know, you're motivated, you know, and you got to, you just got a big chip on your shoulder all the time. We don't even really probably have to just have it like that or have to be like that, but when you just naturally got it in you, to where you just you just want to be the best at everything, get get great things to happen. Now you just work on it; it'll eventually be there, like it is today. So it's just something that he was just kind of pretty much, I think, born with, you know. And uh, and by him, you know, being under my wing, I just put the extra season on top and just try to teach him, you know, of being a pro early as as fifteen year old little boy of treat, treating himself and training like a pro. And, you know, like I said, you look up today, number 10 pick, this where I have him, and he going to show y'all a lot of these great things that I'm telling y'all about. Mike, what were some of his greatest areas of strength when you were working with him? What were some of the things that you helped him improve? And from watching him during his time in high school and at Ohio State, what were some of the areas that you think he could still improve upon? I mean, and it's, it is just anybody. I mean, for me, you know, no matter who you are, you know, how fast, how tall, uh, I still feel like, I mean, even though he's then became a really, really, really good route runner, I always feel like it's always rooms for improvement in route running. You can never be perfect at route running. You always can get better year in, year out of, ma- of mastering how to route, run routes. I mean, you look at a guy like Devontae Adams. I mean, uh, you know, at Fresno, you know, we came out the same year and 
I mean, he, he look, you put a tape on him, he's a pretty good route runner in on college. You know, he got open, made plays. But you look at him now, <laughs> you know, like you look at him now, every time he run around and it's man-to-man coverage. Even if it's, even if it's you know, you know, zone, you know, where he bracketed in the slot, he's getting open because he understands that he's massive. He's watching the film, you know, to get a one step ahead of the other DBs that's, that's covering him. So that's one area that I always feel like Gary can still get better at. Just keep getting better at it. Even though right now, I mean, he, my opinion, he was the best right run in the draft. You know, and you know, that's 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 one of his greatest things. But that's something that for the NFL that you will have to keep improving in to to keep becoming that top tier receiver. I mean, he looks like I said, a guy like Cooper Cup, Mari Cooper, you know, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs. A lot of these guys I just named, not four or three guys. Mm-hmm. All, all these guys just understand, and year in, year out, they understand how to get open. So that's one area I, I say that, you know, it's nothing wrong with him improving year in, year out, how to be a better route runner. You know, and he's a really, really good route runner now. But this, you can't, you can't stop being, you can't stop improving in that. So every time in the off season when we when we work, we are working on getting out our breaks just a little bit faster, just a little bit faster, just a little bit faster every time. Mike, what do you think his ceiling is as a player? And is there anybody in the NFL or at the college level that you played against, played with, or just watched, and could be a current player right now in the league? You mentioned a couple of receivers just now that you think he compares to potentially? So my comparison for him, uh, and I'm talking from a movement, movement point. I I I like to put him with the full work change direction, right running ability of Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. But then I I gotta give him another person in that mixture because of Things I think Garrett does really, really well at a high level. I put him, I give him a mixture of when the ball's in the air is like a D hop, Deandre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Garrett five eleven, six foot, and he plays six two, six three, and you know he he plays he plays above the rim, you know, and that's for him being kind of net height and he can kind of play up there like he's six four, six five. I mean that's that's you know you don't really see a lot of guys in the NFL that's five down six foot. They gonna take the top, take the ball off the top of do helmet, you know a lot, you know. So that's why I said a mixture. So I, I that's my two comparisons. When the ball in the air, he de hop, but in and out of routes, change direction, he Justin Jefferson. What do you think about a comparison to somebody like T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. Smooth man, T.Y. Smooth. I, I, I mean I can see a little bit of that. Um, yeah, T.Y. Smooth, but like I said, I. I, I won't I won't be mad about that either. Um I mean it's not a bad comparison, but I just think when you when you watch Justin Jefferson, man, it just really it really just give me a little bit because the thing about it is now today, cause you know T Y been in the lead what how long T Y been in the lead? About a decade. Yeah, about 10, 11 years, you know. So this this game now, you know, with these new guys, new era guys, it's 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 a little different. The movements are different. The body types are different. Uh, you know, just a different little era. That's you know, it's, it's becoming a new era with the Jeff Jeff, Jamar Chase, all these young guys. You know, so 
everything is a little different now. Because T.Y., like, T.Y. nice, you know, one of the best people to play the game. Um, highly respected by me. But his movement compared to a Justin Jefferson movement is, is a little is a little different. But, you know, in some ways similar. But uh, Garrett also <laughs> got, a, got a little Stevie Johnson in him too mm-hmm. uh, for just a wiggle of him, you know. So I, I'm not mad at the T.Y. though, but that's my that's my opinion. Mike, when Garrett Wilson decided to go to Ohio State, I know he's talked about how Urban Meyer and Ryan Day really put on the full court press and made him feel like Ohio State was the place to be. He obviously could have gone to Texas where you went, but at the time they had a down period. He felt like there was a better chance to win at Ohio State. Talk to me a little bit about how he wound up at Ohio State. Did you play a role in that process at all? And then also with him turning pro, I was curious if you played a role in that process too because I remember after your junior year at Texas, you considered leaving for the pros. Instead, you went back for your senior year at Texas. Garrett Wilson obviously didn't do that. Was that something where you felt like maybe you should have gone pro and so you were trying to help Garrett make the opposite decision? Let's start from him. Let's start from the role of, you know, him choosing the school. So when it comes to when it came to that, it was crazy because I was in a time where I was probably gonna get hired <laughs> by a school or two. Uh not gonna say those names, but I was in I was in that process and I told Gary, I said, Man, Garrett, it's crazy, man. What if I go to one of these schools, are you gonna come with me and let me coach you in college? And of course he said, Oh yeah, for sure, you know. Um, yeah, man, there's no brainer, you know, for sure. You know, like that'd be that'd be nice. So I didn't end up going. I ain't, I didn't end up going to either one of those colleges. <clears throat> so we start talking about Texas or whatever. He liked the Texas a little bit, and uh, I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. But then, you know, I think we had his visit. You know, he had his own little thoughts and opinions. The dad has thoughts and opinions, and this is what it was. Uh, and but I wasn't even really just pressuring him. To go to Texas at that time because to be honest with you, I'm a I'm a Longhorn, but I care about this kid, you know, and about his future so much. I didn't I knew what Texas was at at that moment and it just wasn't a good fit for him to go there. So with that being said, I mean, you know, you can Ohio State, you know, and have the opportunity to be coached by Brian Hotline, who's doing an amazing job. Uh Ohio State Offense is rolling, always been, you know, and, you know, go up there with Justin Fields. Everything just looked, you know, just looked, you know, just looked pretty, pretty good. And, you know, he he's born in Ohio, you know, so, you know, why not? <laughs> so when it came, it's this freshman, sophomore year, and uh, I was like, man, you know what you're doing now, even with the COVID, I'm like, you got an opportunity to go, uh, to probably end up leaving your junior year. But we'll talk about that when the time comes. And at that time, I, I was coaching at Nickel State in Louisiana. So as I was in Louisiana coaching, uh, you know, I was talking to all these NFL scouts that came through that was looking at a receiver um, there by the name Dejan Dixon. Uh, you know, so I got to talk to all these coaches, all these scouts and whatnot. We exchanged contacts and I just kind of stayed, you know, contact with them. But also, we, we used to always talk about, I used to ask them questions about Garrett or what they thought about him, whatever, whatever. And, you know, all the information I got, you know, I shared, I shared a little bit of that with Garrett. Like, look, you might have an opportunity to go on to leave and, you know, 
you know, so after the junior year, after the junior year was over, I'm like, yeah, it's time. It's time, bro. So after that, we I made a priority to pretty much make sure he go to the best uh, training facility at uh, Exos and Phoenix. And, you know, make sure we really hammer down on a 40 because a lot of guys in the Hughes are running fast. Like he's going to be a four or five guy, you know, four, four, nine, something like that. But they didn't think he'd go crack under four, four, five, I'll tell you that. And then he pop a four, three, eight. And it's like, oh, where did, you know, so <laughs> it just made, it just boosted that stock a little bit more and just made people, made, made coaches and, and GMs fall more in love with him with a guy that can do everything he does, but also can take the top off. So, I mean, pretty much a complete receiver. Mike, as you said, a lot of these GMs and coaches fell in love with Garrett Wilson, and clearly the Jets did. They picked him at number 10 overall, and they had him as a top eight player on their board. Were you aware of the level of interest that the Jets had in Garrett Wilson throughout the process? And what do you think of the fit there with the New York Jets? Robert Sala, Joe Douglas are looking to build a culture. They've got Elijah Moore, who seems to be one of the most impressive young wide receivers in the NFL. You add Garrett Wilson to that room. Corey Davis is there as well. What do you think about Garrett Wilson in that offense, in that locker room, playing for Robert Sala and coming to New York? Because New York is very different from Ohio or Lake Travis, Texas. Not in a good or bad way, it's just different. So what do you think about the fit there, both for the Jets and for Garrett Wilson, both sides here? You think it's going to be a good marriage? Oh, yeah, I think I think it'll be good, man. But, I mean, that, that room with, with Mims and, you know, Elijah Moore, Barrows and Corey Davis, you know, young young – Young Zach Wilson, who I who I love, coming out of college, you know. Um, I mean, they they offensive line pretty young, but they getting they they getting better, and they they looking they they not they not as bad, you know. And drafting Breach Breach back down the backfield, you know. So everything they doing is go look really really good this year, I believe, and I think him fitting in that room is great, you know, because now you got Elijah Moore, who's who's gonna who, who's gonna be you know that 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 slot guy just always be open, and can do other things. And then you got Corey and Garrett, you know, and Barrow, so another solid receiver. So I mean, I think you'll feel well in the offense. Now, when it comes to New York and Lake Travis, of course, <laughs> it's a little different, you know. But I think it'll be, I think it'd be, I think it'd be okay for Garrett. Like it don't matter. I mean, he's in Ohio, you know, so it ain't gonna be too much different for the most part from him being in New York to in Ohio. To a certain extent, so I think he fit really well, and he's already enjoying enjoying everything about it. But he's fired up, man, and ready to go. But I think I think he'll really, really enjoy it, and uh, you know it's gonna be they're gonna be interesting to watch this year. Joey Kaufman from the Columbus Dispatch covered Garrett while he was at Ohio State, and he said one of the reasons why he thinks Garrett Wilson will fit in very well here is that he seemed to feel comfortable in the spotlight at Ohio State. And as you said, Ohio is different from New York, but Ohio State, there's a lot of pressure, big media presence there. So it sounds like you're saying that Joey is correct. Garrett is comfortable in the spotlight, and him being in New York, bright lights, big city, and all that won't phase him the least bit. Oh, at all, man. Like, like, I mean, because even if I know it's different levels, you know, even in high school, he got to that junior senior year and, you know, getting all that mass attention and, you know, the spotlight, you know, just then going to Ohio, same thing. Now going to New York, you know, we're pretty much, you know, the biggest market in that and all that. I mean, he, he, he'll adopt well. It, it won't, it won't phase him not a bit. Now, some kids can't handle that stuff. You know, it's a lot of pressure, but 
I I'm not I'm gonna be honest with you. Like Garrett, not a kid. He's he's never a kid. I never see him flinch. I never I never really see him worried about anything when it comes to that. He just worried about football. He he don't the lights the lights never too big for him. He actually performed well when the lights is on. You know, <laughs> so this how and I'm not even saying that because, you know, that's my guy and everything, but he's really a kid that he's he's blind to the noise, to the crowd, to how big the lights is, how big the stage is. He just do what he know how to do, what God bless him and do what 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 God bless him to do. You know, he just is every everything is just you know, practice. <laughs> it ain't never practice. So he don't really he don't really he don't really get worked up or worry or he just he just go out and do it, man. It's 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 crazy. So even me, I mean, I, I mean I had some games couple times where I ain't gonna say the, the light I feel like the light's too big for me. Cause I never feel like that either. But sometimes I'll be like, I gotta go out here and perform, but whatever. I don't think he I don't think that never go through his mind. He just you know, whenever, whenever, whenever kickoff start, he ready to go. You know, so he'll be fine. Former star wide receiver at the University of Texas and for the Oakland Raiders and mentor to Jets number 10 overall pick, Garrett Wilson, Mike Davis. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us this insight on how you mentored Garrett Wilson and how he's gotten from where he was to where he is now, which is headed for the New York Jets. And fingers crossed, hopefully he and Elijah Moore can become one of the best tandems in the NFL for many years to come. Really glad I was able to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. For those that want to interact with you on social media, maybe follow what you're up to right now. How can they get a hold of you and what's going on right now with you? What are you doing right now? Uh well yeah man my uh my Twitter Mike Davis underscore one Instagram Mike Magic Davis and it'll pop up <laughs> and uh actually right now man just got a lot of stuff uh going on man uh I'm still in that in that area where now um you know potentially probably going to coach college ball uh don't know yet that's that's pretty much the big part of it but you know still just you know, I'm be I'm be around Garrett, checking up on him a lot, coming to some games. So y'all might see me at some games or something. Come say what's up. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff up in the air right now that I can't really, you know, tell you right now because I don't really know. Uh, it's just kind of playing by ear, kind of playing by ear kind of deal. So just waiting to see what what the future holds, man. Whatever God got in stores. Well, Mike, I'll say this. I think any school would be smart to hire you just based on what you did with Garrett Wilson. It shows what a great mentor and what a great coach you would be. So I think you'd be an asset to any major college football program. I've got my fingers crossed for you, and I think you've got a big future in coaching, whether that begins now or somewhere down the line. I think you've already proven that you can do a great job. So I'm pulling for you as a fan of yours, not just as a former player, but as a person and somebody who did such a good job with Garrett Wilson. I'm looking forward to seeing what's in store in your future. So make sure you follow Mike on social media and chart where he's going to be because you never know. He could wind up being on the sidelines somewhere on your television very, very soon. Make sure that you're checking out what we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got a great All-22 breakdown of Garrett Wilson, who we talked about on the show today. So watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. 
easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. <laughs> 